Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of TaylorMade Sports with Kevin Taylor. I am yours truly, Kevin Taylor, giving you the best and most current sports information from Atlanta, my hometown. Yes, we're covering sports like no other. Rocking that sports bell from the ATL. And, of course, on this program, we've got another exciting edition of the program for you as we're going to recap last Monday's thrilling College football national championship. It was thrilling for Alabama because, of course, they won on a overtime touchdown. We're going to get to that. Disappointing for Georgia fans, though. Also, we're going to get comments from Nate Woody, who was just introduced at Georgia Tech this week as the new defensive coordinator under Paul Johnson. And we are going to preview the Atlanta Falcons as they take on the Philadelphia Eagles in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs that will take place on Saturday. So a lot to cover right here on Television Sports with Kevin Taylor. Make sure that you check me out anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kevin Taylor 98. Again, that's Kevin Taylor 98. Also, you can check out my YouTube page at Television Sports with Kevin Taylor. Again, that's Television Sports with Kevin Taylor. All right, so let's go ahead and start it. As, uh, you know, it was, what can you say? It was a thrilling game for both teams, Alabama as well as Georgia. But in the end, Alabama added to their dynasty of college football championships. Yes, they did. Nick Saban, you know, he was, you know, I think he coached a great game. Kirby Smart, I think, coached a great game as well. But the boldest move that you will ever see, I think, in college sports was when the quarterback change was made at halftime. Going from Jalen Hurts basically more of a running quarterback to Tower Tagovailoa. And that proved to be dividends. The freshman quarterback had played mostly just spot duty this season, but he came off the bench, gave the offense a spark, and a comeback. He threw a 30, uh, 41-yard touchdown pass to Devontae Smith. He gave number four Alabama a 26-23 overtime victory over number three Georgia inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium in downtown Atlanta. And uh, Taco Valua, he entered the game at halftime, replacing Jalen Hurts, like I told you, and threw three touchdown passes, three. The year the Crimson tied their fifth national championship since 2009 under head coach Nick Saban. So that's why I said that right now they are like the dynasty of college football. Uh, Jalen Hurts said after the game he just stepped in and did his thing. He's built for stuff like this. I'm so happy for him. And these two guys, they seem to be very close. No animosity, no jealousy, no nothing, none of that. You know, so just straight respect for one another. Now, for the third straight season, Alabama played a classic, and I do mean classic college football playoff championship game. Of course, Alabama split two with Clemson, and uh, they lost last season also in a touchdown with a second left. Now, on the play, 
Smith actually went, ran into the end zone after Taco Valua looked off the safety. And then, of course, you know, well, we know what happened next. It was a wide-open touchdown. Alabama wins the game, and they were voted number one in the final AP college football poll for the 11th time, and that's more than any other program. Yes, that's why I used to wear dynasty. Georgia, of course, hey, they finished second. There's no love for the runner-up, right? <laughs> Alabama missed a 36-yard field goal that actually would have won the game in regulation, but it just didn't happen. Uh, Georgia actually took the lead with a 51-yard field goal from Rodrigo Blankenship in overtime. Tugger Valua, hey, he took a sack on the Tide's first play. He lost 16 yards, but the kid didn't lose his Lose his composure. He did not lose his confidence at all. On the next play, that's when he found Smith. He was another freshman. He had him in stride. And, of course, that was that. Alabama is now national champions. Tugavalua finished with 14 of 24 in passing and uh, 166 yards. And um, they had four wideouts going deep on the final play. Uh, like I said, this game, you know, it was it was all Georgia really, in the first half. But uh, when Nick Saban made that coaching change, that's what stood out most, uh, really, you know, as, as, as the, the, the turning point, basically. The tie trail 20-7 to seven in, thir- in the third quarter after Georgia's freshman quarterback, Jake Fromm, hit Miko Hardiman for an 80-yard touchdown pass. And, of course, that really made everybody who was a Georgia fan you know, have a lot of confidence that, hey, you know, our team, they're going to get the win here. You know, we're only about, you know, 30 minutes away from a national championship since 1980. Yeah, but it just didn't happen. From through for 32 yards, and um, he was a different quarterback a little bit in the second half. Uh, now, he was the first true freshman to lead his team to a national championship game since Jamil Howley did it for Oklahoma in 1985. So Coach Smart actually said afterwards, I mean, if you want to find out about Jake Fromm, go ask those guys on the other side of the ball, and they'll tell you because that's a really good defense. He just went against Jake Fromm, and he, he did the thing too. I mean, he really stood with a lot of poise in the first half. Like I said, it was a different quarterback in the second half. Georgia really didn't play that well. A lot of three downs in the second half, but hey, Georgia's defense stepped up. And uh, like I said, the offense with that quarterback change had a spot. And uh, the title game, of course, was being played 70 miles from Georgia's campus in Athens. So, of course, it was a dog's atmosphere with a lot of their fans. But um, it was Alabama victory yet again in Atlanta. Nick Saban is now 12-0, actually, against his former assistants. Can you believe that? He is undefeated. So the teacher has not lost to the pupil. Saban also has now six major pole national championships, including one at LSU, and that matched the record set by, of course, Alabama's legendary head coach, Paul Bear Bryant. Now, for the second straight week, Georgia was going to overtime. The Bulldogs beat Oklahoma in a wild Rose Bowl finish in double overtime, of course, to get to the national championship game. And, uh, you know, Georgia's defense, to me, they looked a little tired. It looked a little windy especially late in the fourth quarter. And uh, I think that's one reason why Tucker Valua was able to look off the safety to throw the biggest touchdown pass in the school's history and one of the most memorable of his young career. But 
you know, it was a thrilling game. I watched it and uh, very disappointed by the outcome. But at the same time, Georgia has a top five recruiting class coming in to play this year. And so this team will be back. So Georgia fans, don't worry. Georgia will be back. All right, let's now go to post-game comments. And we're going to start it off with the winning coach. Here's Alabama's head coach. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank the college football playoff committee, uh, Bill Hancock and his entire crew, the city of Atlanta, um, for being a wonderful host for our team uh, and our organization for this game. Um, This was a very difficult uh, turnaround for our players uh, after being in the Sugar Bowl just a week between games. Uh, But very proud of the way they handled and managed and the maturity that they showed and uh, perseverance that they showed in being able to come back in the game and uh, win the win the game last night. You know, sometimes you win the game, but you don't necessarily beat the other team. And uh, I think that we won the game last night because of our resilience, because of our um, belief in the system, trust and respect for each other, um, and just um, really being sort of resilient to whatever happened in the game um, and being pretty relentless in terms of the competitive spirit that our players played with. Uh, I think Tua certainly gave us a spark in the second half offensively, and uh, I think that was something that helped us on defense uh, as well as to put some points on the board to give us a chance to win the game. So. Uh, this has been a wonderful experience for you, for us. Uh, this will be a game that I'll never forget. Um, you know, just the ending itself. I think you forget that we scored on fourth down, missed a field goal to win, and then got sacked before we made a big play to win the game. So uh, there was a lot of things that happened that were critical moments in the game that um, – Really, really pleased with the way our our players responded each and every time they had a circumstance. It seemed like it might be very difficult to overcome. Let's hear from Georgia head coach Kirby Smart. Yeah, this was an incredible opportunity for the University of Georgia. Um, It's our privilege to represent the institution, our fans and players in what I think is uh, one of the greatest events in all sports, college football playoff system. We thank the committee. Um, for the treatment they gave us here in Atlanta and also out in uh, Pasadena. I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank uh, President Moorhead and, and Greg McGarity showing support in our team and our program and investing in us. Um, you know, We told our team that this game wouldn't be decided by past traditions or, or anything else. It was going to be decided by performances that were happening on the field. And our guys performed on the field, competed. You know, I, I can't say enough about the remarkable senior class. These two young men sitting next to me, they meant more to Georgia than yards. A lot of heart and soul, a lot of fire. Sonny Michelle came over and talked to the group several times during the game, inspired those guys. But in overtime, we didn't finish when we had to, and Alabama did. And to give them credit, but I think everybody can see that Georgia's gonna be a force to be reckoned with. I'm very proud of this team and this university. And we're not going anywhere. Yes, I would agree with Coach Smart there. They are not going to be going anywhere. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with, not only in the SEC East, 
before the SEC West as well if they get to the SEC championship game, but also just in college football for many, many more years to come. And uh, the final AP poll for the college football season was Ohio State was fifth, Clemson fourth, Oklahoma was third, Georgia second, and Alabama number one. All right, what a great college football season it was. Now, Georgia, even though they didn't win the big game, they're losing one of their top quarterbacks. This quarterback, Jason Neeson, actually earlier today, he announced he's leaving Georgia as expected because he lost his uh, starting job to freshman Jake Fromm. Uh, Eason made the decision on Twitter earlier today, Friday, thanking the Bulldogs for an incredible two years. He says he'll miss enough for the red and black, or in red and black, but Athens will always be a place I can call home. Now, he did not actually say what he intended to play, but speculation is that he may be going back home to the state of Washington, maybe playing for the Huskies. We don't know. But uh, Eason started for Georgia last season as a freshman, and he began this season as the number one quarterback ahead of Fromm, but a knee injury in the season opener against Appalachian State knocked Eason out of the lineup for the rest of the season. And uh, Fromm guided, of course, the Bulldogs to a 13-2 and record, the first SEC title since 2005, thrilling World Bowl victory in a out of the national championship game against Alabama. So, hey, good freshman resume for Jake Fromm. So, Jacob Eason, you know, we're sorry to see him go, but uh, it just was not going to get him to play in time. He got the number one recruit in the state coming in at quarterback as well. So, uh, he was the odd one out. So, Jake Fromm, hopefully he will he will land, and uh, he's going to be a starter, no doubt, before his college career is over. <laughs> it's Taylor Bates Sports with Kevin Taylor and – we're now going to go to Georgia's in-state rival, <laughs> the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. They made some new, they made some moves and news this week. As head coach Paul Johnson, he's hired a new defensive coordinator. His name is Nate Woody. And speaking of Appalachian State, that's where he came from. Now, Georgia Tech's defense, they struggled. They lost leads during the season. And um, Ted Roof, he resigned, actually. But it uh, looks like it was a mutual parting of the, of the ways. But um, he actually is going to become the co-defensive coordinator and assistant head coach at North Carolina State. So Coach Ruth is moving on to another opportunity. Uh, coach Woody is a 27-year coaching veteran, and uh, he guided Appalachian State's defense the past five seasons. And uh, his scheme is more of a 3-4 defense. Uh, the Mountaineers actually led the Sunbelt Conference in total defense three times and ranked among the top 30 nationally each of the past four seasons. And, of course, Georgia State. Their football team pretty much would know about that, you know, from their head-to-head competition. Appalachian State, they closed out the season with a thrashing of Toledo, 34 to nothing. They routed them in the Dollar General Bowl. Now, Coach Woody is actually the fifth defensive coordinator under Paul Johnson. So, um, Coach Ruth actually was the longest-tenured defensive coordinator, but uh, like I said, the defense just could not protect leads in games like against Tennessee and Miami. Um, the defense, they're going to be coming into their own, though, so they're going to be getting more experience this year. Uh, it did include, though, last season six seniors and five juniors that started. But, you know, I guess Paul Johnson just felt like it was time for a change, and the change is coming now with Nate Woody. Now, I was at the press conference on Tuesday, and I actually had an opportunity to talk to Coach Woody about evaluating the players that are already on Tech's defense, as well as with Georgia now 
being in the national championship game and, you know, a, a, a heavy place that, you know, young guys are coming out of high school, they may want to go to. And, of course, Georgia State, you know, an up-and-coming program that actually uh, was in the Cure Bowl and won the Cure Bowl. You know, how will he go about recruiting? And, of course, here's his response. Right now I'm in the process of, of evaluating our players and seeing what, uh, what positions are best for them. Uh, I always want to find out from them what it is that, that they want to do. I thought uh, a long time ago I had a, uh, uh, you know, a good buddy that, that was playing, uh, playing with me, and, and he was playing defense. And uh, he was doing really good. He started as a freshman. But after the year, uh, he, he wanted to transfer because he, he wanted to be an offensive guy. And he was a, 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 a good one. But, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't even think the coaches realized that he wanted to be on the other side of the ball. And, um, you know, he left. So I've always tried to do this. I've always tried to, to ask the guys, you know, where is it that, uh, that you want to play? And then try to show them the best place that, uh, that they would fit in the defense and go from there. I was a guy that, that uh, played defensive back my first couple of years. And then, um, you know, found that, that it was to my advantage uh, to, to be an outside linebacker in, in, in the defense. And I didn't want to do that at, at, at first, but, um, but I had some success at that outside linebacker position. Uh, I realized, having gone through that situation, where it's a little bit difficult for some of the players to, to make some moves. So I just want to get feedback from them. I want, uh, I want them to let me know what, uh, what it is that, that they want to play and then try to show them the structure of our defense and how they can be successful at, at, at certain positions. As far as recruiting goes, we'll, uh, uh, we're looking for a certain type of guy and I, I don't know that, that some, most of these other defenses are looking for the same guy all the time. Um, I, want, uh, I, I don't mind taking an answer or, or two off of a, of a defensive lineman if he can, if he can giddy up and go, you know. Uh, I, don't, I don't mind, uh, you know, taking a, a, you know, a tenth off of a, off of a linebacker 40 times if he can process it quickly, you know. So there's, there's certain certain positions need to have you know different qualities that uh, that we hit on so they may not be the same type of of player that that uh, that we're recruiting against and if we are it's okay because this is a, this is a heck of a school and I think uh, I think we can win our battles you know recruiting all right well, we're going to see it's going to be definitely a work in progress for sure for coach Woody welcome to Atlanta coach Woody it was a pleasure meeting you and I wish you much success as you prepare for the 2018 spring practice as well as regular season coming up later on in the year. It's Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. Make sure that you check me out on social media anytime at Kevin Taylor 98 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also the videos that I put up on my YouTube channel at Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. All right, the Atlanta Falcons, they've got a big game on Saturday. In Philadelphia against the Eagles, the Eagles, they were arrested. They got a bye week last week. And uh, we're going to see what the Falcons are made of. They're going to go on the road in the cold, taking on, you know, a, a, a Philadelphia team that is without their starting quarterback. And Matt Ryan, you know, is from that Philadelphia area. And it could be a very happy homecoming if he gets a win against the Eagles, no doubt about that. But first things first, a spot in the NFC Championship game is on the line. Win 
Matt Ryan, of course, takes the field along with his teammates against the Philadelphia Eagles. Ryan, of course, grew up rooting for the Eagles, went to Philadelphia's William Penn Charter School, but he's one in three at Lincoln Financial Field. One in three. Now, Ryan said this week, I'm used to it now about returning home, playing as long as I have. I understand regardless of where we play, you have to be at your best every week. The one nice part is there will be a lot of familiar faces, friendly faces after the game, which is always nice. Now, you know, Ryan actually had his worst game of his MVP season last year in the Falcons' 24-15 loss in Philadelphia. I remember that. It was on November 13th, and he was 18-33 for 267 yards with one touchdown and one pick. The Falcons did not look good at all. They just did not. Hopefully that would not be the case on Saturday. Now, here are some things to watch out for when these two teams clash in Philadelphia on Saturday. Like I told you, Nick Foles, he's going to be making his fourth start, replacing injured Carson Wentz after Wentz, who pretty much probably would have been the MVP or at least a strong running for the MVP award, towards ACL in Week 14. Now, Foles is playing well in his first five quarters, but he struggled in the next five. Um, you know, he's no Carson Wentz, but, um, you know, Nick Foles, you still got to watch out for him. Overall, he's still playing playing well. Not maybe at a high level, but just doing enough to get his team in position to get a win. Now, uh, Wentz actually threw seven touchdown passes in a game in 2013. He was a hot commodity back then. Um, but he had four touchdowns in his first start in week 15. So he can do very well. He can play very well. And the Falcons defense, they know that. So they cannot take him lightly just because he's the backup. Um, also, there's crowd noise. And, of course, for the Delphi fans, they will be boisterous in more ways than one. And um, they're going to be intense. Of course, Dan Quinn, head coach of the Falcons, he knows that. He said, uh, this is a quote from Dan Quinn. He said, I'm not going to say more passionate, but I will say more Northeast. Not sure what that meant, but hey, I just wanted to share that with you. <laughs> is there a particular Northeast sound? You know, I, I guess according to Coach Quinn, it is. But the Falcons, they, they'll be ready because they pumped in artificial noise in practice this week, but uh, they're going to lean on them. Matt Ryan and uh, center Alex Mack on that offensive line uh, to their expertise uh, with silent counts and hand signals to get, um, you know, the ball snapped without being offsides or generating a lot of uh, false start penalties. Uh, Mack actually said he expects Philadelphia fans to be really dedicated, really loud, really involved. So it's going to be a challenge just in terms of crowd noise. And I would agree on that. So, Let's now hear from head coach Dan Quinn about the team's week of preparation. Most about for the guys this week, uh, I thought we threw an awesome week of preparation uh, in terms of staying ready. We made a big push in the red zone today. Uh, their offense has played really well in the red zone, and uh, for sure our defense has made improvements in that way. I think uh, that for sure is going to be one of the factors. Um, health-wise, we came through the week in good shape. Um, no setbacks for anybody as far as the week goes, uh, so we're, we're good in that way. Yes, so it's good that they don't have a lot of injuries there uh, to report. So it's going to be a great game, and uh, the Falcons, they they got to keep that offense in stride for sure. They looked well against Los Angeles. Last week the defense played well also, so they got to keep that momentum going for sure. Uh, the Falcons finished the regular season 15th 
with first-year offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian and uh, averaging just over 22 points per game. That's down, though, from a year ago, but uh, still uh, enough to get him into the playoffs. But uh, it was a learning experience for both uh, Matt Ryan and uh, Steve Sarkeesian and also that just that offense in general. Uh, now, the Eagles, they've had some success against Julio Jones, especially in their win last year. They kept him out of the end zone but allowed 10 catches for 135 yards. So will Julio maybe be a decoy instead of the other weapons on the Falcons' defense? We'll have to see. Jalen Mills held him to four catches for 48 yards, but he was matched up against Julio. And um, Mills is confident that he can uh, do the same thing again this year. But, hey, it's a different aspect. It's playoffs. Everybody steps up their game on playoffs, especially the elite players like Julio Jones. So uh, Ronald Darby, he's going to have to cover Jones as well. So uh, when he's on the other side of the field. So, of course, Julio's going to be the top target that the defense is going to go after for for Philadelphia. But, uh, you know, the, the the options in the backfield for the Falcons still are very well. Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. You know, both teams actually have weapons in the backfield. The Falcons have Devontae Freeman. He had 865 yards rushing and seven touchdowns on the season. Tevin Coleman had 628 yards rushing and five touchdowns. Now, the Garrett Blunt, he's a big winner. He led the Eagles with 766 yards rushing and had two touchdowns. Jay Ajay, who the uh, Eagles got in the uh, season trade with Miami, had 873 yards rushing and one touchdown combined with the Dolphins and Eagles. And he ran for 130 yards against the Falcons in Miami's win against the Falcons on October 15th. They can't get over that game. I, 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 that's they can't get over it. But, but that's, 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 different. that's a different story. So it's going to be a great game. You catch the game on NBC on Saturday afternoon, 435. So uh, it's going to be a great one, no doubt. And uh, like I said, the Falcons are one step closer at least to getting back to the Super Bowl if they can win. But first, they've got to take care of the divisional round and move to the championship uh, uh, around. So that winner will be either the Vikings or Saints because they also play on Sunday. So we'll see how that will match up. And um, wow, you know, it's, it's just a great time of the year. NFL playoffs. So we'll see if the Falcons can get the job done on Saturday. Who, if they can, who their opponent may be next week. But I know they're not looking past Saturday. But the key to the game is you've got to be able for the Falcons to keep that offense on a stride. Like I told you, and the defense has to also play smart. Do not put yourself in any holes with getting penalties. Being penalized has hurt the Falcons' defense this season. They put themselves in bad positions. So they got to play smart football as well. Special teams got to be an improvement there. Hopefully, you know, Andre Roberts or whomever is, is returning kicks or punts can put this team in a good position with yardage as well. So, that's what it's going to come down to, and it should be a great game, no doubt about that. Now, this weekend, you know, it's the MLK holiday weekend. And uh, remember, though, the main objective is is a weekend off, but a weekend on. So anytime that you can get to serve in your community, please do that. But we do have some other sporting events that may be of interest to you that you may want to check out as well. Now, Georgia's tennis team will come to Atlanta for the MLK Georgia Tech Invitational at the King. Briars Tennis Complex on the campus of Georgia Tech. Georgia is the highest-ranked team at number four. Number 16, Illinois, and 23, Columbia. 23, Columbia will be there. There will not be a team score, though, and it's the fifth straight year that Georgia has participated. 
Now, Georgia will play Columbia at 9 a.m. on Saturday, and uh, the match will, matches will actually take place at 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. daily, and the event will run through Monday. So it's going to be a great tennis event this weekend at the Georgia Tech, the MLK Georgia Tech Invitational. Now, moving on to basketball, the Atlanta Hawks, they, they lost tonight to Brooklyn 110 to 105. The Hawks, they had the lead late in the fourth quarter, but the Nets went on a 7-2 run to take the lead late in the game, pretty much just before the end of regulation. And, of course, they get the win. Dennis Schroeder had 34 points in the Hawks' loss. It was the Hawks' first game back after a five-game road trip where the only win came on the last game of the road trip against Denver. The Hawks remain home this week as they are in a six-game homestand right now. The next game is Monday, and it doesn't get any easier against San Antonio. That's the annual King Holiday game. That will be at 3 o'clock. Then the Hawks take on New Orleans on Wednesday night at 7.30. Now, Georgia State, their men's basketball team, they're away against Coastal Carolina on Saturday at 3.30. Georgia Tech, they're coming off a big win this past Wednesday night against North, uh, Notre Dame, actually, and uh, on Wednesday. But uh, they're going to be on the road. On Saturday against Pittsburgh, that game will be at 2 p.m. And then they'll come home against number three, Virginia, on Thursday night. And McKimish Pavilion tip-off is at 8. Now, Georgia, they're going to be at home against South Carolina on Saturday at 2 o'clock. And then they'll travel to LSU to take on the Tigers on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Clark Atlanta, who's 14-1 and uh, ranked actually nationally in uh, Division II basketball, they'll have a pair of road games on Saturday against Albany State at 4 o'clock, and on Monday against Fort Valley State at 8 p.m. Morehouse, can you believe this? They're playing the same teams on the road as well, different days, of course. They're going to be traveling to Fort Valley State on Saturday at 3 o'clock to take on the Tigers, and then Albany State on Monday at 3 o'clock for the King Holiday. Now, Morehouse, they are 13-0. and So congratulations to Morehouse being 13-0 and at this point of the season. And uh, actually, congratulations to Clark Atlanta as well. Darrell Walker is putting together a great season for his squad over at Clark Atlanta as well. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Tailor Night Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me. And, of course, we're going to keep you informed as to what's going on here in Atlanta as we talk sports from Atlanta and around the country as well as rock the sports bell from the A.T. And, of course, like I told you, make sure that you check me out on social media, and I'll let you know what the next edition of TaylorMade Sports will be coming up. That's Kevin Taylor 98 on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Kevin Taylor 98 and also the YouTube channel at TaylorMade Sports with Kevin Taylor. Again, that's TaylorMade Sports with Kevin Taylor on YouTube. Never be discouraged, always encouraged. Until the next time, my friends, I'm out. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.